Hello, welcome to the Ranger Rendezvous podcast. We apologize that we haven't released any episodes in over a year at this point, but we're going to try to get back into it. We have a couple of episodes on the editing floor, and we're going to release a couple new episodes focused on gear. Which brings us to this episode. I'm joined by Matt, and we're going to be talking about backpacks. Good. We figured that backpacks would be a good topic to start with, since they're probably one of the first things people look to buy as they start to gather their gear for a Philmont trek. This is, all, of course, assuming that you do not already have a backpack that you are accustomed to using. And I do want to mention before we get too far into this that we're going to be mentioning some brand names. We're not sponsored by any of these brands. We just have particular opinions about brands, certain brands that have done well in the past. Uh, we'll mention them, but just because we don't mention a brand doesn't mean it's a bad brand to use at Philmont. Doesn't mean it's going to be inadequate for the trek. We just have a couple of our own preferences that we'd like to share with you. So Matt, what, what pack do you have? What pack do you currently use on your backpacking trek? So I have two different Osprey packs that I use, and it depends on how long I'm going to be going. I have a 70 liter Osprey, I think Aether, and then a 38 liter Kestrel. And both of them are very good packs in my opinion. They are basically the same design except different sizes of it. And that's going to be something you run into with a lot of different brands. They're good backpacks. So a lot of it comes down to just personal preference and the price range you're looking at. My system's almost identical. I have the same 70 liter. I think mine's actually a 65 uh, on the higher end. And then I have the Osprey Rook 50 for my like mid. Uh, no, it should be a 70 and then a 50. That's right. Um, so the longer treks, I'm going to be using that 70 and then the 50s for, you know, my, my shorter trips. But Osprey's a great brand. What I will say is it's on the higher end in terms of expenses. It's a more expensive brand than some of the other packs that you might be able to get. They do have the warranty. That's kind of the trade-off is the warranty that they offer is pretty much unbeatable. And the, the quality of the packs is really, really nice. There's a reason why a lot of people who do a, a great deal of backpacking use Ospreys because their packs just work really well. There are tons of other packs and pack brands that do work equally well. But that's something to note is that when you go out there, if you look at the packs that the Rangers are carrying around, I'll be honest, it's mostly going to be Osprey. And uh, Osprey's typically, I, I think they probably have at least one external frame pack, but Osprey's tend to be internal frames. And that's what you're going to see most of the time out at Philmont. Some people do have external, some people really like external frame packs. They are perfectly good packs. I've used them before. They function great. But most people tend to prefer internal frames. That's what most people use. That's what most rangers use. The trade-off there is basically the volume of the actual pack pouch. You don't get to put as much into it an external frame. You have to lash it to the side. But they also tend to be cheaper. They tend to be... Usually you can find a used one. A lot of used Kelties that are you know, pretty cheap. My dad went to a garage sale and picked up like three of them. For, I think 50 bucks. So if you're looking for an inexpensive pack that is just as good, that's definitely an option to explore. That brings up a really good point in that you really should be tailoring your pack purchasing to the level of experience of the person who's, who's going to be wearing the pack. I would usually not recommend a beginner backpacker go out and buy an expensive Osprey pack for their very first backpacking trip. 
It's one of those things that you're going to want to determine whether or not they're going to be using it more than just this Philmont Trek, because an Osprey pack is great for a lifetime of backpacking, but if Philmont is the first and last backpacking trek that somebody goes on, then that Osprey pack is is not necessarily worth the uh, premium that you're paying for that pack. On the flip side, though, you don't want to go with the dirt cheapest backpack you can buy from Walmart or some other similar store. I've seen crews do that where they buy the cheapest backpack they can find, and they tend to be heavier for the volume, so the, ba- the backpack itself weighs more. They tend to be less durable, and I, I just remember trying to lash together a shoulder strap on day two with somebody's $50 Walmart pack. So finding the balance between those extremes, how often do you think you're going to continue backpacking after this? What is your budget? Uh, the backpack, the boots, the rain gear, and the sleeping bag are going to be the biggest expenses in terms of gear. So it is okay to get a decent piece of gear for this because if it does break on the trail, yeah, they can arrange to have a backpack sent out to let you rent it for the remainder of the trek, but that may take a day or two. And in the meantime, you are left carrying a broken backpack. Maybe you've got a shoulder strap or a hip belt that doesn't work. And that's a lot of weight that is very uncomfortable and not something you want to do. That does bring up a a good point about the Philmont rental system. I think one of the best budget options for those that haven't done much backpacking before, this is maybe their first foray into an extended backpacking trip. Philmont does rent packs out and they're nice packs. It's a great option to do this trip on a budget, see if you like backpacking, and then maybe you can dive into the the world of Osprey packs where where you might be spending a little bit more on your backpack if you enjoyed the trek. And uh, just to throw out some other brands here, we don't want to sound like we're pushing an Osprey too hard. They're just what we own, but there are some other backpack brands that are just as good. Kelty, I've brought up with the external frames, but they make some internal frames as well. Very solid backpacks tend to be a bit on the cheaper side. And then Gregory, Deuter, Granite Gear, uh, Jansport all make pretty good backpacks. If you mention Jansport to a Philmont Ranger, they may chuckle a little. That's because they did some uh, some backpack testing at the Ranger department. But the, the packs have come a long way from those early prototypes. Yeah, I think the only one that comes to the top of my mind, other than the ones you've mentioned, Matt, is uh, Mountain Smith is a really good pack as well. Yeah, all the ones you mentioned, definitely. You know, I, th- I think the rule of thumb would be if you go into an REI and go to their backpack section, first off, REI staff are usually pretty familiar with people coming in talking about going on a Philmont trek. They usually get those questions every year from somebody that's going on a trek. So they'll probably have some idea of what you want and what you need to be doing. But also, usually the packs sold at REI are going to be sufficient for the trek. Obviously, they have the smaller packs, so you're going to want to make sure you get the right sizing, which we'll talk about in a second. But in general, if it's hanging on the wall of an REI, it's probably going to be good enough for Philmont. Yeah, just be wary of things you can order on Amazon or some brand that you've never heard of before. Well, I want to, I guess, qualify that. You can probably get an Osprey pack on Amazon, but if it's some brand, some off-brand you've never heard of, be wary of that. I'm not going to say that it's a bad product, but it's uh, less of a guarantee because you don't have that name backing it up. If you are trying to get a pack on the cheap, one thing I'll say is I've seen Osprey packs at garage sales or you know thrift stores, 
And those are great finds because you're getting an Osprey pack along with its warranty. So the way the Osprey pack warranty works is you ship the pack in. So if you use that pack until it's worn out and then you ship it in, they'll give you a new one. Now, I'll tell you, in my over a decade of using my Osprey pack, I have yet to have been able to turn it in for the warranty. I know of like maybe a handful of people who have ever successfully gotten their pack worn down to the degree that they would actually need the warranty. And that's just an indication that the pack is is solid. But if you want to find a cheaper pack, if you're on a budget and you have the time, that's a really good way to be thrifty and just try and find a used pack that'll work for your trek. And just want to bring up the pack rental system again, because it is a very good option if it's a strain on the budget or if you're concerned that a backpack wouldn't be used in the future. If you think that going to Philmont may be a one-time thing or you don't plan on backpacking much afterwards outside of Philmont, the pack rental system is pretty good. You get a, well, actually you have a choice now. They have internal and external frame packs. I believe the internals are Ospreys. They're 70-liter Ospreys. They're pretty beefy, too, so they shouldn't break on you. And externals, I believe, are Jansport external frames. And it's $20, and you get them for the entire track. You don't get to train with the backpack, which is a definite downside. But if you're looking to avoid spending anywhere from $200 to $400 on a backpack that you don't know if you'd ever use again, it's a great choice. Hi, Matt here with the postscript. Just wanted to clarify the pack rental at Philmont. The fee includes a pack cover as of 2021's Guidebook to Adventure. And the brands available are Jansport, Kelty, and Osprey. So that gives you an option to pick if you want an external or internal and gives you a few different sizes to pick from. Absolutely. And you brought up a good point, which is in general, you're going to want to be getting these backpacks before the spring, before your trek, so that you can use them in your training treks and in your preparations leading up to your trek. Now, if you're renting a pack, how do you practice on the pack that you're going to be using? Well, it's not possible. But what you can do is you can ask around the neighborhood, ask your fellow uh, scouts, ask your scoutmaster at your troop if there's any packs that you could just borrow for your training treks and at least get familiarity with a backpacking pack. And that'll suffice, but in general, you're, you're going to want to make sure you get your pack that you're going to be using on the trek prior to the day before your trek. You, you want to be able to use it in your training. Yeah, just being comfortable wearing a backpacking backpack and packing it, walking around in it, moving in it is a huge benefit for how you're going to feel on the trek. Obviously, it's not going to be a substitute for general fitness. If you're out of shape and can't hike for five miles, having a comfy pack isn't going to change that. But it is very important and just under being fit enough to do the hiking. If you feel off balance while you're wearing a backpack, if you don't know how to pack it, if you don't like having the weight on your hips or shoulders, but you're you know fine running for five miles, you can have the fitness. But if you're not comfortable with the pack, still will impact your trek. So practice as much as you can, not just, you know, running upstairs or hiking, but hiking with a backpack, going upstairs with a backpack, you know, walking the dog with a backpack. Those will help you feel a lot more comfortable on the trail. I think that actually kind of segues nicely into sizing and how how big should your pack be? How do you get it sized? How do you make sure it's fitting you appropriately? So the first thing is, you know, Matt and I mentioned our different backpack sizes. I'd say on the low end of literage for your Philmont pack, 
you wouldn't want to go lower than say 60 liters. There is technically no upper end, except for the fact that it's at least subjectively, I feel like packs that are larger get filled with more things and become unbearably heavy, especially when you involve teenage scouts. They'll just fill it up with all the stuff they can find, and then you've got a pack that's way too heavy for the individual. So I'd probably cap it out. I wouldn't go higher than 80 liters. 80 liters is even excessive in my opinion, but if you already have an 80 liter pack laying around, you could bring it. I wouldn't go out and purchase an 80 liter pack. If I were purchasing a pack, I would target in between, you know, 65 to 75 liters. Yeah, I would say that I would not buy a pack greater than 70 liters. I think 65 is probably plenty. And just 70 liters is about 4,300 cubic inches. I know some packs measure in that. We're going to use liters just because it's easier numbers. I would not buy a pack over 70 liters. I think that you will have more than enough space with a 70 liter pack. I believe that the rental internal frames are 65. I'm not 100% sure on that, but that's, I guess, what I remember. Between 70 and probably 55, 55 might be a bit small, but if you've got a smaller scout that isn't going to be carrying a whole lot of crew gear, that should be plenty. If you have a crew of experienced backpackers that have backpacking tents and backpacking sleeping bags and just have smaller, lighter gear, 55 liters might work for the whole crew. In general, it is about as small as you'd want to go unless your crew is into ultralight yeah, backpacking. Yeah, I'd say the size of the pack does not necessarily have to correlate to the individual's size. So, you know, the the actual fit of the pack for a 70-liter pack can be very different between a taller individual and smaller individual. However, in terms of what you're actually carrying on your back, um, especially with those younger scouts that are going out to Philmont at the lower range of the age brackets, I'd say they could probably get a smaller pack. But in general, I agree with Matt, 65 is probably ideal. And again, that's, I think that's the size of the pack that I wore out at Philmont and the size of the pack that I still wear on similar length treks. Yeah, so there are two sizes with backpacks. We've got the size of the internal volume, so you know, 70 liters, 65 liters, 55 liters, things like that. We also have the actual size of the back of the backpack, so medium, large, small. And different backpack manufacturers will handle that sizing differently. I know that some packs have a lot of adjustability, terms of how wide the straps can be apart from each other, how long they are, how high the shoulder pads or shoulder straps are up from the hip belt. And that is more important, I think, than just getting a brand is getting a backpack that fits you. So if you go in and you try on an Osprey and a Gregory and the Gregory fits you better and is more adjustable for your torso length or shoulder width or hip uh, circumference, go with that versus the fancier sounding name. Most backpacks will have, at minimum, the ability to adjust the hip belt, shoulder straps, the length of the, I guess, back pad, I guess. I don't know what else to call it. But the part that rests on your back, usually there's some padding, and if you reach inside of it, there's some Velcro you can undo and you can adjust how high the pad goes. And that is to accommodate different length torsos. So if you've got a taller scout, you can max that out. If you've got a shorter scout, you can shove it all the way down. And that will allow a similar sized backpack to accommodate different sized people. 
by just tweaking those. And and again, you got to start at the baseline of that like small, medium, large, whatever your brand is calling it. And then within those categories, you can kind of tweak it. The thing is, if you get a medium, it could probably fit on the higher end, it could fit a tall person. And then on a lower end, it can fit a little bit of a smaller person. Whereas the other, the other ends, you're not going to be able to fit a large pack, even with the adjustability to a smaller person. So just being aware of that. I think the best thing to do if you are near an REI is to go into an REI. They have those that they're kind of like, they look like backpacks that you would put on, but it's, it's, well, it's got straps and everything, but it's, it's really just a hip belt that you clip on and it's measurements on the back. It looks kind of like a, uh, a ruler more or less that they use to measure your pack size. Uh, and they're pretty good at figuring out what exactly you should be getting in the different brands based off that measurement, that torso measurement. And that can help you out. It's one of the reasons why I would recommend not going online when you're buying a pack, because if you don't, if you never try it on now in, in the day of modern e-commerce, you can always order it and then try it on and ship it back. But honestly, that's a little bit of a pain. So I'd say trying it on in person is probably your best bet. And then once you get your pack, if you never do experience the the measuring with the particular tool that goes around your waist, they do have one at Philmont if you want to hone in your pack sizing and get the adjustments right. Again, you're going to have to find the right size category before you make those adjustments, but they do have one at Philmont if you are interested in getting your exact measurements to make sure your pack fits perfectly. So one more thing that we wanted to mention on the topic of backpacks and what you need to look for with backpacks is backpack covers. Backpack covers are often included with backpacks, but not always. And it's a good thing to check if you're comparing two backpacks. One is slightly more expensive than the other, but comes with a backpack cover. Look at cover prices and see if that would actually make the one that includes it a bit cheaper. It is definitely recommended that you have a backpack cover that covers the backpack, the whole thing, when it's packed, not just when it's empty, and not just a garbage bag that you line the interior of your pack with. Both will keep the gear inside dry, but if you are only lining the interior of the backpack and the rest of it's getting wet, you're going to be carrying a lot of extra water weight and just wet gear never feels as good as dry gear. So I highly recommend that you look at backpack covers. I definitely recommend you shove some stuff in your backpack, make sure the cover covers the whole thing, uh, especially if you plan on Strapping anything like a tent to the outside, make sure that's covered too. You don't want a soaked tent at the start of the night. They do sell backpack covers at Philmont, so if you get there and you realize you forgot it, or you didn't get one and your ranger's like, hey, this is a really good idea, you should get one, you can get them there. But of course, it is better to have it on your own for training, so you can be prepared and you know train as you would trek. Backpack covers tend to be around 20 to $30. Yeah, the point you made about the water is really key because per volume, water is the heaviest item you're ever going to be putting in your pack intentionally. And so it's certainly not something you want to have in your pack unintentionally. And you're already probably honing in that weight to write about where you want it. And so I feel like any additional weight is just not something that you're going to want. The only other thing that I would mention is if you have a system that works for you on similar sized treks, feel free to use it. I know for a fact that 
the crews that are doing training tricks are going to know exactly what gear they need and, and or don't need before a trek. And that's true with the backpack as well. You'll know if your backpack is sufficient if you take it on the appropriate training tricks. One thing that I want to mention is this concept of ultralight, which I don't have anything against ultralight necessarily. I think it's it's nice to try and limit the amount of weight that you're taking. It's nicer on your back. It is generally more expensive, right? So things that are lighter in backpacking, it's the, you know, it's the ideal to get everything as light as possible, but that usually requires R&D expenses. And therefore the gear that is as light as possible is going to be more expensive. The other thing I'll note with ultralight, whenever I was doing a shakedown as, as a ranger, I would always ask anybody who practiced ultralight how long they had been practicing ultralight. The reason being is that ultralight gear, because it's so lightweight and because of the materials they're using to make it lightweight, if treated improperly, can be easily damaged and far less durable than your standard backpacking gear. And so as a ranger, I always wanted to make sure that somebody wasn't testing out their new ultralight system for the first time on a trek at Philmont. I don't think it's the place to do that. I think a weekend trek would make more sense for trying to hone in your ultralight system. If you've been using an ultralight system for the past five years and it works well for you, I personally as a ranger wouldn't have had any problem with that. It's just, I think it's important to be cognizant of the fact that Philmont's rugged, uh, it can put some damage on gear and it can damage ultralight gear or any gear that's built with those materials a lot more significantly than it could your standard backpacking gear. It's, it's just something I, I think is important to mention. Yeah, and with ultralight, Philmont is not designed as an ultralight backpacking experience. You absolutely can go use ultralight gear and not have any issues if you know how to take care of it, if you know how to use it. Uh, I will put the caveat that Philmont crew gear is not intended to be ultralight. So if you go with an ultralight backpack planning on using Philmont tents, you're going to have some space issues. They're pretty big. They're pretty heavy. They're good, but they're not ultralight. So just keep that in mind. You will absolutely still have a successful trek if you go as an ultralight backpacker. I do want to add the other thing is a lot of the time people doing ultralight backpacking have some different typically cooking procedures that they want to follow. And that's fine. A lot of those work. A lot of those are you know, simpler or involve less cleanup than the Philmont method. But the Philmont method is you know, required at Philmont. So if you go expecting to do your ultralight cooking method, just make sure that that is still what Philmont is expecting you to be using. They have some videos online, some literature online that you can read about the Philmont cooking method, just to put that out there for ultralight. Yeah, and that kind of also further compounds the expense issue. So all, at, at a baseline, your ultralight gear is already more expensive. So you're highly compactable, sleeping bag that weighs nothing is very expensive your sleeping pad's going to be expensive and then your backpack itself is going to be expensive but if you're going to do that then you don't get to use the free Philmont tent because your system's going to need a light tent and that's going to be incredibly expensive and so the expenses just add up 
And as Matt mentioned, there's going to be some crew here that is provided by Film Hunt and you're going to take it and it's not going to be conducive to your system necessarily. But it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you should come into your experience with some expectations about how that system is going to work at Film Hunt versus how it works when you're hiking on the AT or, you know, the PCT or wherever you hike on your weekends. I think that about wraps it up for our discussion on packs. As always, if you've got questions, you can email us at the Ranger Rendezvous Gmail account. Uh, we will have that hopefully in the description. And once again, sorry for such a long delay between episodes. We still have some that we want to release in the near future, so we will be releasing more. Thank you for sticking with us and have a great day. <laughs>